and we give like the adult update of that moment and then they discover they have space they have latitude they can move in their own life and so from that they change into a grander version of who they are so it's about collecting your own energy taking it back into your own self Prati Mehra and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Goals podcast. Today's episode packs quite a punch. It had me excited while I was planning it and had me hooked as I was recording it. And I'm so grateful that I can finally share this episode with you because for those of you struggling with mental and emotional issues, if you really listen, absorb and implement what our guest Annie Francoeur has shared in this episode, I guarantee that your life will change for the better. Now, Annie is an advanced clinical therapist with training and certification in a lot of different forms of healing. But what fascinated me the most about Annie and the reason I was so eager to connect with her was the fact that she has dedicated herself to studying and exploring how the mind works and how it controls our reality. In this episode, we delve deeper into the subject of how we can consciously create a better life for ourselves, undo the dysfunction we have carried over from our childhood, and become more open to healthy change and hopefully, armed with all that information, create a belief system that adds power to our efforts as we steer our lives into a more positive direction. But before all that, and this part is quite fascinating, we're going to learn a little something about channeling a higher consciousness to enrich the daily experiences of our life. You see, Annie channels a group of non-physical teachers that refer to themselves as the collective, and they bring with them a whole lot of wisdom, and we're about to learn exactly how this works, and more importantly, how we ourselves can tap into our own inner guides. Excited yet? Let's dive in. Great. It's good to see you, to meet you. I'm happy about that. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you here because um, apart from RTT holding a fascination for me, I your work with the collective, that in itself is something so interesting. And I don't think I've come across anything similar so far, you know, and I've read the comments on your website about the the things, the transformation that people have experienced after they've done a session with you. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is just so interesting because I know that people have overcome insomnia, they've overcome uh, a lot of uh, tremors, they've overcome a lot of uh, physical and mental issues, mm-hmm. which which is why I think RTD has held so much fascination for me because of the way RTD works, so rapid transformational therapy. So I think uh, I want to start by asking you how RTD works when you do it. And if there is a role that the collective plays as in when you do a session uh, for people who are not aware of what the collective is and what RDD is, if you can explain it. Okay, so um, the thing is the collective came to me very abruptly, like I wasn't expecting them to be in my life. Um, It came out of nowhere. 
I have been, um, okay, I'll start with the collective, what they are. It's a non-physical energy, a wisdom that is available to all humans. Uh, it is an energy that has never been embodied, um, let's say, per opposition to, let's say, the Buddha, some people may channel him or Jesus Christ. So obviously these are enlightened beings and they have walked the earth. So the collective, they have this consciousness that is very um, divine. It's totally aligned and they have never been in the body. So that was pretty clear. I don't know much about them as where they are from. I say they because it is a bouquet of many flavors of wisdom. So um, let's say the collective is what I know, what they told me and what I feel is that they are from Orion. That's what they say. And the energy is a very intense blue energy for those of your listeners who are into okay. the energetic readings. Uh, that's the spectrum where they find themselves. So it's pure love. Uh, they say pure consciousness. They don't use the word love so much. So they came to me as I was doing a session with Jess Lively for a personal topic of mine because, uh, you know, even though I am a therapist, I also need to do okay. shadow work with myself. And so it's so very important. So we were doing that and they kind of bumped into the session. <laughs> they were, it was more than just my own wisdom speaking to the conditioned human that I am. They just came in. And we saw that. So from there, it stemmed to uh, creating a podcast with the collective answering Jess questions. And then we uh, even went on a limb to create some a group that is called the Collective Collective, where people like, you know, you and me can join in, come with their questions live, and the collective answers their questions with, right there. With you as a medium. So it's a direct... Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I am transmitting their energy, which is, for me, it's very different. A medium, yes, will share a message, but a medium will also read, you know, the person, the client in front of them. And I am not doing that. I am allowing the full space of my own self to the energy of the collective and they come into play and they, you know, they interact with the, the one who's asking the question. So that's, I would say, uh, it's not mediumity because, you know, and who cares, it's just a word, it's just a label, okay. but uh, I am just leaving the room for the collective, okay. but I am fully conscious. Does this have something so, to do with faith? Because this is something so profound, what you've just shared, and I don't think this mm -hmm. is a concept that everybody can just instantly grasp, because there's inner wisdom, there's tapping into your inner power and your, as you said, you're exploring mm -hmm. your conscious. So this is something very deep and profound. So th does it have anything to do with believing, non-believing, having faith, not having faith? I would say yes um, and no. So <laughs> I'll start. Here they are. It's always yes and no. So the thing is, I have faith in, in a higher uh, let's say intelligence. I am not a person going per one religion. I was raised in Catholic religion. Mm -hmm. I let that go because I felt it was too restricted for my own self. But I never work from a place of religion. I work from a place of openness and allowing. And since a few years I've been into the state of being of, of surrendering 
to the wisdom of life, to the higher intelligence of life. So I guess that there you could call it faith into what is so more brilliant and creative than what I am as a human. And then about believing, it's, it, yes, you have to believe because it's something that it's hard to explain in logical terms. So you have to believe the belief, the, the feeling that you're receiving. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not receiving, channeling, transmitting is not um, something that is specific to a certain type of person. It's available to everyone. But the thing is, most people will say, no, not in my life, you know, <laughs> not on my watch. And they don't trust that. So I, I have been, the collective is new to me, but I have been channeling for quite a while now. It started like in my early, I would say in my teenage here and there, but I was fighting that. So I was pushing that away. So, but I received beautiful gifts when I was younger and so it created, it started the path to, to believing and to surrendering. That, see, this is what I'm talking about. That's so fascinating. <laughs> and I think anybody ca that can tap into this power or hear that inner voice, I think they have this, this access to these extra tools that, you know, that can mm -hmm. help you so much in life. And yeah, the thing is, these are natural tools. They are not um, extraordinary. But we, as a society, we have learned to work from the outside, you know, to value what's outside. Power, success, um, the appearances of things, what is done and made, but not so much the, what is within. So these tools, I, I am just insisting on saying that these are natural to anyone who, who dares to just start nurturing them and reconnecting with that. So, yeah. Okay. Is there like a practical step that someone can take? If someone who has never even considered accessing these powers, is there like something practical, something more tangible that someone can do? Well, you know, Creative, um, what I'm thinking is that uh, someone will be attracted to this when there is like a genuine interest for them. So it's not like you don't go shopping for, let's say, okay, I want a pair of pink uh, running shoes, um, and then you don't care for them. If, if you're attracted to this, you have a deep longing to finding something deeper within you, okay? So that's the road to going there. It's, a, it's feeling the wound of the separation that is the biggest wound for every human being, the separation from source. And when you feel this, when you know you are incomplete as a human conditioned, then you want to reunite with who you are. You want to reunite with life beyond any religion, any creed, any race, any, anything that would be labeling something, you know. So then this is the first step, that longing to know more. Then you become kind of a seeker. You become someone who's interested and then your whole body says, yes, I want to know more, your whole being. And it's kind of opening, like, let's say, raising a flag or when you do a Zoom session and you raise the little hand, you know, I have a question. So it's like raising the hand to the universe. Hey, I'm available. I am open. I'm awakening. 
It's like before people were going like this, their hands on their eyes and not wanting to see reality and just going their day, like, you know, doing the list of things we have to do and not wanting to see what's beyond. But when you raise your hand, the universe is there and it says, okay, we can play together now. Because the universe will never force itself onto you. It will just wait for the invitation. So then, you know, whatever practice that you feel drawn to on a practical level to help you be in your inner being and not out there, you know, coming back to your own senses. So any type of, not any, but a meditation that will help you be grounded in your body. A meditation that will help you see you are not the body, but you are the life in the body. So it doesn't need to be complicated. It's just having this moment with you daily with your own self. And, you know, I'm a yoga fan, a very traditional type of yoga. And this obviously is like the perfect manual for knowing how, how the body and the being works. So anything yes. that that has you calm down and make you, okay. um, makes you able to hear what is within that wants to express. I would start with that, you know. So, yeah, so maybe pressing pause on all the chaos around us and just taking like a moment to check yeah. in with ourselves. That makes y sense. You know, people have their yeah. agenda full, like their schedule is full from, you know, yeah, morning absolutely. to night and even more. So if you don't deserve to have this half hour with yourself, what's the worth of life? You know, you really deserve exactly, that. Yeah. And if you don't want to run your life like a, like a ghost, like a zombie, if you want to be in it, that's, you know, you have to do this for yourself. It's a gift to oneself. Talking about the work that you do with RTT, I know you do a lot of different forms of therapy, but uh, rapid transformational therapy, if you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so uh, rapid transformational therapy is a beautiful uh, kind of therapy using hypnosis to help the person come into a very deep relaxation, uh, relaxed state. So that person will be under hypnosis and then the, the therapist leads the person to the root cause of the issue that the person came to you at first with. So this relaxed state helps the logical mind, the critical mind, to step aside. And then we have access to more authenticity from the person. Uh, you know, like there is no uh, yes, but, and we should, and I shouldn't say this. So you're just going straight to the core issue, why you're having this behavior in this, like in your now moment as an adult. So we're going back to um, childhood, obviously. Uh, and because these are the years where the programmings that are ruling our lives as adults, they, that's, you know, when you're from zero to seven or, you know, eight, nine, ten, but most of the time it's from zero to seven. These are the years where you are drinking life, you know, you're drinking everything, but you don't have the discernment to know is this good for me or not. And so you grab everything, every concept, every belief, and you just pile them up inside of you. And those who are the deepest, like they have the deepest groove in your subconscious mind, are those who are imprinted with a strong emotion. So let's say you had a huge trauma or you had, you don't need a trauma, but you could have like fear of something 
or you might have a, a big frustration when you were a kid, anger, like everybody, you know, experiences. And these may be imprinted in the subconscious mind and running your life from a very limited point of view. So that's why people come to us, you know, with anxiety issues, uh, emotional issues, physical, um, mental, and then knowing how they behave today, we go to the root cause and then we, we shift that. We reframe, you know, how they got to interpret the, the moment and we give like the adult update of that moment. And so people go like, oh my God, you know, I always thought I was stuck in that. And then they discover they have space, they have latitude, they can move in their own life. And so from that, they change into like a a grander version of who they are. So it's about um, collecting your own energy, taking it back into your own self. So RTT works with um, specific issues. It's very good, you know, for people who know very well what's the problem in their life. And then you start from there and you, you work with that. So in a few sessions, most people will see a substantial change. Okay. See, that's um, what you said about the childhood being the sort of a self-hypnosis. You like you absorb everything. Yes. I've experienced that myself, mm -hmm. that when your parents give you a label in those years, you sort of shrink your personality to live up to that label. It's like that's your truth now. And everything yeah. has to accommodate that truth, even when what you are experiencing or even when your achievements, your accolades are trying to tell you a different story. But you try to stick to that. Mm -hmm. And I think that creates like mm -hmm. a lot of problems and a lot of therapists, a lot of experts like yourself have said that what we experience as an adult has its cause in our childhood. Absolutely so not. if there mm -hmm. is something you would suggest for parents, something that they can do to allow their child to grow into a confident adult. So, you know, um, we say that only hurt people hurt people. This is like a saying that many, you know, masters and teachers have said. And Marissa Peer, who is the teacher and the founder of RTT, works with that line a lot. So obviously not one parent will want deliberately without any fundamental hurt of themselves, you know, want to hurt their child. They will not. But we all do. Every parent will do that, you know, to a certain scale. So obviously the best thing for a parent with young ones is to become the more conscious possible, conscious about who they are, conscious about what they are asking their child. You know, it's, we always, we often work with um, automatic, like, you know, uh, upbringing customs, and it's about redefining, do we need to do this this way? Do I choose to do this that way? And what I really value is, is to give the child, you know, no matter the age, to show them it's very important for them to develop their own sense of what is my life philosophy, you know? What do I think about that? How do I feel when, you know, in that type of situation? Not impose on them, this is how you should feel. You know, so they can develop their own skills at sensing, feeling. It is very important because they have that naturally. This is like a very natural um, behavior for any child, but it is toned down by what society expects. 
So what I am telling you and what I value as, you know, like guidelines for education obviously doesn't fit in the system of the schools and because they don't want the children to express who they are. You know, it would be a lot of trouble. But truly, that would be like the dream come true for all the therapists because that would be like and all, you know, parents with a consciousness because that would be a, a world where the children could develop into who they truly are and not trying to fit in a box that has been, you know, defined by a educational ministry and that is so limiting. So whatever you can do as a parent at home to show your children that they have this freedom at home to sense things for themselves. Do I like this? You know, uh, where is my truth? and to show them to express their emotions, not by that in the body, you know, and anger is, anger is okay, you know, you can, a child can express anger as long as it doesn't stay there, you know, you can express anger and then process it and go to the next step. So, repressing a child for anger or fears to my, you know, and this is very personal, um, it, is, it is not good because you're making them shrink their, their territory. And it's, I think it's not healthy in a, when you consider the whole of the being. So about giving them freedom to express, freedom to explore, of course, you know, with safety boundaries and respectful boundaries also. But for me, that, that was it. So becoming self-aware as parents themselves and to giving yes. the child the space to express themselves and develop their own ideology, develop their own judgments about situations. Yeah, I would skip the word ideology because this makes someone like sticking to what I know is the truth, but developing their own skills to, you know, um, maybe I, I misled you, but it's about developing their own tools for feeling what is life, what life is bringing their way, where they, do they want to go and express and, and go beyond, uh, you know, how do they want to develop their own self. So start small, but they will pick up on that very quickly. So as a parent, what is important is becoming conscious about your own wounds so you don't impose them to your children. So becoming aware of their own issues so that those issues don't mm-hmm. get back to the child. That makes so much sense. Also because I think parents are so concerned about making sure that their kid doesn't end up in any trouble that they start giving their own rules to their children. And I think it's challenging. It for is challenging. And you know, uh, if someone heads towards that direction thinking it's going to be a piece of cake, sorry, but that's not the reality. But it has tremendous beauties also in it. So being a parent is also an opportunity to heal our own wounds when you are open enough to see what your child is teaching you because the child is coming into your life as a master. This is very important to remember. They may be in a small, tiny body, but they have their own wisdom. And there is this interaction between the child and the mom and the dad that is beyond words. Uh, There is this beautiful synchronicity of why they came into your life, why you are their guide. You're not supposed to be their master. You're just there to support them and, and help them, you know, rise to their own self. 
So there is a lot of beauty in that. That's true. You, you put it wonderfully, I think. But what about adults? What role do our thoughts, our feelings, the beliefs that we are cultivating in our daily life, what role do they play? Because, okay, we have taken on certain issues, certain ideas from our childhood into our adulthood. But in our day-to-day life, the experiences, the thoughts, basically, the, what power do they have for an adult? Well, it's tremendous because mm, I would say 99% of society goes with, let's say, the mental realm of their own being. So they do not use the existential one or the sense-feeling one. They, they work or they perceive world mainly with the mental realm. So the thoughts are like they're ruling the kingdom. So the thoughts, they become tremendously important. And they, in that situation, for most people, they are, uh, it's kind of, they're setting the boundaries of your life experience. Let's say thoughts are, is very different from intuition, inspiration. That's not what I'm speaking about. Thoughts, they are simply experiences that you've had in your past that are stuck in your um, let's say in your warehouse in like the subconscious mind and when you are encountering a situation the thought is coming but it's coming from the experiences that are stuck in your warehouse so they cannot go outside of what you have experienced before if we're thinking about like mental thoughts so they are limiting your expression okay. that's why because they are going from what you have experienced as a, a child. So if when you were young, you were told that like outdoor, it's dangerous, or in an airplane, it's dangerous, or men are dangerous, mm -hmm. or this person is dangerous, or let's say uh, you, if you come from a family where, what could I give as an example? Business is for this type of person, but not that type of person. You will have the belief that this is not for you and this will keep you limited so it is good to let's say kind of make a, a, a roadmap of the beliefs we hold that are dear to us even though they're let's say limiting they may be comfortable most of the time they are because you know them you know they've been part of your life forever so kind of make a list of what are your main beliefs in relationship uh, professional dimension, health, um, you know, your personal image, everything that, you know, like the main dimensions of life, list your beliefs. And then you can see, do I want to go by these beliefs? Can I see myself in a different, you know, with an, a different outcome? But if you stick your, to your thoughts and your beliefs, you will not be able to, to have a larger perspective because these will limit you. As long as they are your set of rules, they will limit your experience. So it's about opening this set of rules and choosing that you want something different. Okay. So subconsciously, we tend to repeat the same story over and over again. And we... Yes, okay. as long as you don't change the program. Right. So, you know, a, a very good book um, about that, like one of my Bibles, is The Biology of Beliefs by Bruce, Dr. Bruce Lipton. Okay. And this is immensely um, useful when you want to understand how you are limited by your own thoughts. Okay. And so he explains that the only way we can get rid of a program that we acquired in our youth 
is with hypnotherapy. He doesn't speak about RTT uh, per se. He speaks about any type of hypnotherapy and me deep meditation or a very long period of repetition that you want to change a belief, okay. let's say over a year, you know. But otherwise, what is imprinted in the subconscious mind stays there. Okay, but is there a way we can become aware of all that's, you know, buried inside our subconscious or something that we are, you know, without, maybe not with a deliberate intent, but we are repeating uh, a thought or reinforcing a negative thought over and over again. Is there like a way to become aware of it and then, you know, take it apart, dismantle it and plant a healthier, better idea around that same concept? Yeah, it's about awakening yourself to what is compulsive, you know, what becomes a compulsion in your life? What is cyclically coming back into your panorama? Let's say every two years you fall in love with that type of person and three months after you're in a quarrel and two months after you split. You know, if that is a pattern, if every three months you have this type of crisis that you hate yourself, you want to just disappear, you want to change your hair, you want to change everything, and then two weeks after you're all right, and then three months after it comes back again, it's another cycle. So we work with cycles. So, you know, it takes a little bit of experience or good friendships. <laughs> and when your friend says to you, you know, I I've seen you do that like last year, you know, it's about having the honesty with yourself. What am I doing here? It's like a rut. I'm running in the same circle again. Oh, I think I've seen that post before, you know, like in my own life. So do I want to do that again and again and again? Or do I want something else? Okay. And when you notice, you know, because it takes courage to say, I just want to go out of what is very comfortable for me, even though it is, let's say, diminishing or sad or whatever it is comfortable because that's what I know you know that's what I am so everything that is familiar has a sense of safety to it even though it might be unpleasant it may feel yeah. safe anyway because that's all you know so to have the courage to propel yourself into the next step, like go out of that circle and start spiraling upwards, you know, or expanding. This takes the, I think you have to choose, simply say yes to life, choose something different and just be open to what comes your way because the universe will hear you. And then, you know, like you will be shown a book, you will be shown a class, you will be shown a workshop, something, or simply, you will have more time for yourself to just be with your own being and listen. What is inside? What are my wounds? So, you know, life is very brilliant. It has many gifts for us, but we don't want to see them always. So, <laughs> so that, That's actually really powerful that if you are constantly struggling in your life, there is a reason for it. To people who, are, who you know, are listening to the episode, they would understand that if you are constantly facing something over and over again, or just generally struggling, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. And as you just mm -hmm. said, if we become aware, we will find a way to overcome that issue. Yeah. So, yeah, it's when you become aware, you allow consciousness to seep into the experience. When you're not aware and the repetition is happening and happening and you're like happy as a pig and, you know, in a mud puddle, 
that's because you're not ready or you, you don't want to, to wake up to the situation. But when it starts to feel more uncomfortable and unpleasant than safe, you know, you will want to do something else. You will want to become another, like a, a grander version of yourself. So you're going to seek a type of help, support, or guidance or inspiration and usually it shows up in your life quite rapidly. That's actually really powerful that just by identifying a pattern or just by saying yes to a better life you can open up a whole new avenue, a whole new sort of world of possibilities and that the power is in our own hands. That's and I would like to point out, and I think you'll agree with me, that this is the fact that we have all these negative thoughts or we have all this this pro old programming is, I think, the reason why of uh, the, the reason behind all the prejudices, the biases that we have against uh, certain people in the world. And I think it leads to so yes. much problem. The world is facing so much. Yes, because of strong likes and dislikes and of strong identification to, you know, I belong in a certain box or a certain frame and you belong in a certain different. And since you don't fit with what I believe, you don't fit in my box, you know. The strong likes and dislikes is what makes people um, hold, holding on to an old story, I would say instead of being able to open up to what is the truth of life. If we could all do that, we'd be living in a different world. Yes, it would be really different. Um, it would be different because then you would need the other one to change. You would need the other one to fit your own little box. You would just be happy that you're going your way and the other one is going their way and knowing that you're all but one person, you know, one big, huge piece of life. But um, because we, we fear, you know, most people fear difference. This is a very limiting yes. view. And this is out of fear that, you know, when someone doesn't want to open up to what is different, is because they have this very primitive fear that they will not survive the difference. It's like they did not um, outgrow the, the primitive need to survive and they feel threatened when most of, you know, obviously sometimes people are threatened in their life uh, per se, but most of the time it's mainly you're threatened in your beliefs, you're threatened in, in um, the comfort of not questioning yourself, you know, not questioning oneself about is what I believe is true, is it really true? Some people will never, never ask themselves this, you know, like, can I expand a little bit beyond what I think is the truth? So making room for someone who's different, it requires to be open enough to accept, you know, the difference, to be curious about it, to want to learn, you know, what is this difference? Uh, can we share? Can we learn? Can we give one another, you know, something that we can learn in that? Is there like something that we can grow from in that difference? But most people are afraid of the difference because they fear for their own self. And it's also about a very limited um, sense that life should be only one way and that you cannot that you cannot expand beyond what it is now. Like holding on to a certain political view, a certain religious view, 
and you know from generation to generation if your you know if your family line fits who you are perfect but it's nice to have made the choice for yourself it's nice to choose yeah. consciously once you're an adult okay I, you know my forefathers have all been like let's say this religion this belief um if i am endorsing it it's nice to do it consciously if it's you know suitable for you fine but it has to be a conscious choice i hope people make note of that because uh, that's that's brilliant that's the reason why so there's so much discord in the world we are not even living our own ideas we're, we're simply repeating what we were told at a you know vulnerable age perhaps once again it it's because it feels safe and people are lazy <laughs> i have to say <laughs> that's true <laughs> if we want to be honest people they think you know they think that questioning their beliefs will have them become philosopher and that it's a lot of work but it's just leading your own life and that's what we came here to do so you know it's a lot of fun for if, if you ask me <laughs> yeah like it's exciting if you open yourself up to new ideas i think that that's exciting but because it's scary people back off before they even get to the starting point I think which is incredibly sad so if somebody were to identify a negative pattern or someone were to identify something that's keeping mm -hmm. them small and they are trying to plant a new idea a better idea a healthier way of living how do they reinforce that in their daily life well i think you know that it it can be a a a process that you do by yourself but it's nice to have support it's nice to have guidance and it's nice also depending on where you are on your journey to to your own self it's nice to have a very objective point of view someone who will help you do the shadow work see where you're lying to yourself you know and because we it's it is we all do that and it's very comfortable to stay in the lies because that's where we don't need to change change you know it requires you to jump from the cliff somehow but you do have to try it to know the thrill that comes with being so alive that you're choosing your own path and you're not letting anyone choose for your own self so it's it's a once again it's having an intention knowing what you want to bring into your life being clear about how you want to feel when you change the belief you want to believe you want to change you know it's not about knowing how this will happen it's not about knowing when you know what are the means by which it will manifest in your life it's about focusing on how you really want to feel do you want to feel freedom do you want to feel uh, empowered do you want to feel you know safe whatever you want to feel be clear about that and then let's say you can look for support or do the work yourself but it's about having that clarity okay everything that you've shared that makes perfect sense and i have myself experienced that this is there it's a process there's a very involved process that happens when we go from uh, a sort of a dysfunctional way of living to a healthier way of living but for people who are struggling a lot with anxiety depression or maybe just struggling with personal issues because the struggle is so immense there is just no point in their life where they can just stop and consider that you know there is there are all of these other possibilities what would you say to these people what can they do to find some semblance of peace some sort of calm uh -huh. in their life so if the the drama that is in their life is 
uh, emotional. Okay, I'm not talking about a survival situation here. I'm talking about, let's say, someone in an urban life, having a job, having the family, all that, and not being, you know, not finding breathing space. Okay, so that type of person. So, uh, and it's not a joke, I would simply start by breathing deep, giving oneself five minutes here and there to just stop everything, you know, go hide in the bathroom if you have to, but just stop everything and bring the breath really, really deep inside of your own belly. Breathe deep, try to breathe into your toes, really taking that deep, deep breath and doing that following the breath for at least five minutes. And then you will feel a sense of calm that cannot, you know, if you do that simply just following the breath, it cannot do otherwise than calm you down. If you don't calm down, it's because you're not doing it. That's, you know, as simple as that. And so following the breath will take you out of the mind game of finding more drama, finding more reason to worry, finding more reason to fear, to not feel safe. Whatever you are experiencing, breathing deep is always good because it brings the parasympathetic system to working in a better way than just being like on a chronic stress situation. So it helps all the physical aspect of your body to calm down. And then when you have that moment of a little bit more clarity, or a little bit more peace, you will have more clarity. When you have more clarity, it's easier for you to make choices. When you're always on chronic stress, breathing like up in the shoulders, not able to calm down, it's like basically you become stupid. You don't have access to your intelligence because you're in a fight or flight mode, you're ready to escape. You're just looking for, a, you know, a way out. You're not in the situation. So when you calm down, whatever you're facing, not being in a panic mode is very helpful. You know, if that's just at work or you're really into a panicky situation, you really need to calm down. That's how you're going to have access to your senses, your intelligence and your clarity. So, Nurturing that habit of breathing deep is a very good way, a good place to start. And then any, you know, like we said earlier, any meditation that is bringing you to a sense of, of peace, of connectedness to all that is, because a lot of time people will feel alone. They will feel separated from everything even though they're in like a, a metropole, a huge city, or, you know, like in a yeah. huge building with neighbors all over, they feel isolated. And this is, a, this is making people feel unsafe. So when they can reconnect themselves with the flow of life, um, this is very helpful. Okay, so take a beat, check in with yourself, and maybe press pause, because otherwise you're just going to be in that fight of light state as you said mm -hmm. you have to slow down life because life will never stop wanting to push you like i mean urban life uh, professional life family life it's always pushing you like you know go faster do more stuff fill your day so you need to really be able to hear yourself if you want to to reconnect with who you are 
and find the tools that are yours to, to change the life that, you know, to change the situation that you want to change in your life. Okay. And I, I've noticed that another thing that happens is as soon as we make a change in our life, we start looking for validation. We, because as you said, we get threatened, we start feeling uncomfortable because we're doing this new thing that we've never done before, or we're planting this new idea that may go against everything that we have experienced so far. We start instantly, we start looking for validation from other people. And sometimes we may not get that for whatever reason. What can you suggest people do in this scenario? Because if you feel a change happening, but you're uncertain as to where this is going to go, where this is going to take you, what should they do to you know stay strong to keep moving forward and to not go back to their old ideas mm -hmm. so it's not everyone who will do that but of course in the world we're living now it's always about the validation yeah. from the social media exactly. and you know yeah. finding support from your crew mm -hmm. your group your you know your fans whatever so it has become a habit that is more strongly rooted in our lives now but um, you know you don't need external validation it is your life so it's about giving yourself permission to do this it's about growing up in one's life to the point where you don't seek that external validation knowing that you're the creator of your own experience so you know it's not i would say it's easy but it seems worse than than it is to just take that step. It seems like maybe more frightening than it truly is. So, um, because when you truly want something, when you truly, truly desire a change or to, let's say, step from being the desk job person to becoming a life coach and you want to do that, but you fear this and that, if this is truly your choice, when you are committed to your own self in making the change, whatever the change is, then you don't need validation. Okay. So, or you will need it less. Okay. And if you don't, if you find yourself needing validation and you don't find it in your regular circles of people, you know, mm -hmm. just look elsewhere, search for a group that has the same affinities as you are developing search for a new family you know mm -hmm. uh, people of like mind uh, search for something that will be supportive of who you want to become you can change so many things in in your life when you want to so it's about choosing for yourself daring to do that yeah because i think if you are living a certain way and you go looking now when you've made a change and you go looking for validation from the the set of people who've been a part of your life for a long time. I think there is a reason why you were living th that way, you know, the way that you're trying to change now. And the, those same set of people probably will not give you the validation you're looking for when you make a change. I think then you have to look for validation elsewhere because your ideas have come from somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most of the time, you know, it can shake the people who know you, like let's say your parents or your friends, who are not approving of your changes, but if they truly love you, you know, it might be uncomfortable for a while, months or years even, but then if they truly love you, they will be able to see the change. They will be able to see that you were right in wanting to evolve and they will support you. If they don't, you know, that's their own choice, but one can choose to go in the path that 
he or she chooses because it's really worth it to to give yourself the right to live your own life you're not living your parents life yeah. maybe they want to <laughs> maybe they want you to yeah. live their dreams that they didn't realize you know but it's not your role your role is to live your own path your own journey and it's yours to create so yeah. you just have to choose this is my path and then you know experience and try and maybe trial and errors will happen of course yeah. but you have to dare you have to jump yeah. it's a tilting point when you choose for yourself you know so and when you know if it works it's wonderful if it doesn't work it's still a tilting point because it will have given you the the validation that you can choose for your own self and it's really important you know even let's say everything that i'm sharing with with people here i want them to just feel if that feels right for them it is so important to start validating for your own self is that resonating with my truth is this something that i would choose and if not just let it go but you can develop this skill of knowing what is in affinity with yourself instead of being the one who takes the suit the box the frame of the family or of the surroundings where you grew up it's nice to just stretch your territory a little bit more and then you will want more and more and more because that is what is life about yeah. you know i think if people can do what you're suggesting i think they'll feel very empowered after the fear i think there will be some power in their hands because they'll know that they're in the driver's seat finally <laughs> yeah yes 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 it's really empowering it's like you know when someone i don't know i never did bungee or anything but at one point i went into a little like a little flying bizarre thing uh, when i was in mexico and i i saw that you know going in the sky it wasn't an airplane it wasn't a ultralight something different and i said oh my i want to do that everybody around me said it's so scary why would you even think of you know climbing in that thing I just want to go. So I went and for some crazy reason, I had the time of my life, I have to say, but that thing, that moment, that choice of going against what everybody else was telling me it's too dangerous, you're just going to fall on the ground and crash, but following my inner joy of wanting to do this because it gave me something. and i did it and that was the start of of another step in my life as crazy as it sounds but it's daring to listen to the voice of truth inside of your own self and starting to trust that start with the little things you know small steps and then you will be able to be confident about taking the bigger steps for your own self yeah okay so the change will come just start small Yes, start, you know, you don't need to change everything in your life. That's not about it. It's about um, you know, just taking a new route to go to your work tomorrow instead of everything that is so familiar. Just order something different at the restaurant. Ask your body, what do you want to eat? You know, not the same old same old. Just get out of the track that you're used to be in in a sleepy mode. if you want to keep the same track fine but do it with an awakened gaze do it consciously this is yes. so different some people have struggles that are way bigger than they are i think they need professional help but they are scared of therapy 
because you know we have built up this image that when you meet a therapist all of these truths will come out and you may or may not be able to handle it they they started looking at therapy as something dangerous or maybe there's something inside them that's holding them back that because sometimes even the struggle the pain the trauma becomes so comfortable that as you said it's familiar and they would rather stick with that so what would you tell them that you know why they should go out ask for help look for a professional to help them through that struggle it is highly important but then why would you go to a therapist it's like you have a body you have a mind you have emotions you have energy and they all are bundled up into a being into a human form so you have a car when the car you know the car has tires and engine everything when it doesn't work you bring it to the garage to the mechanic you have to do something or you're going to work with a car that doesn't work so well and you can do that if you choose if you want but the engine will start you know shaking and producing all kind of sound and it's going to be uncomfortable maybe risky who knows you know you may crash in a gate because the car doesn't go the way you want it to go so basically i know it's a silly example but it's the same thing with your own self why wouldn't one who is feeling afraid unsafe uh, overwhelmed disempowered whatever the reason why wouldn't they allow themselves to find a nurturing support you know they deserve it everybody every life on earth deserve to be heard to be loved to be nurtured to be helped um and because of what society has become most people are isolated and they don't find that support in their family in their system in their personal mm-hmm. safety net many people don't have a safety net at home so that's why it's very important mm-hmm. to to dare to go to a therapist and taking care of your mental aspect is not a shame should never be considered shameful something to hide yes. you don't need to display it if you don't want to but please understand that your mind your emotional dimension is so important it deserves to be at peace it deserves to be nurtured to be understood so you can heal and we're here for that i mean we as human beings are here to live a life to give it place to express to evolve to change we're not here to stay stuck in the same groove and so it's a natural impulse to grow it's a natural impulse to to become what we came here to become and if you find that this impulse is choked within you you don't have the guts the will by all means go find support go find help so you because you know until you're dead there is hope you know until the very last moment you can find someone who will find what you need to have this thrill for life but sometimes it's that one was never given any hope or one was never given any possibility to go out of the choking frame that they've been raised into even though the parents think they did a perfect job this one may think you know it was a rotten job and here i am with a crappy life so when you see this 
Don't be mad at your parents. Just choose to do something else. Move on. And it's not about, you know, noting, oh, you did this to me and you did that to me. It's, this is never going to serve anyone. It's about understanding. Maybe, yes, you need to understand the story, but then you need to move on. You need to live your own life. To, you need to grab the wheel and, and do something with your own life. And it is so wonderful when you discover that power that you have. That's why, you know, seeking help is, is important. It's because you came here to do something, you know. So mm -hmm. when it's your time to leave, you will know it naturally. Nature, life does that very beautifully. But, you know, before that, before your time has come, you still yeah. have things to discover. You still have things to understand and evolution, you know, to allow in, into your own life. So it's highly worth it yeah because if i think we're all meant to be happy we're not meant to be sad being sad being tragic being in pain is something unnatural it, it's not supposed to happen and i have myself experienced that therapists are these wonderful friends who can help you carry weight that's a little too heavy for you i think they can help you through that yes yeah so if mm -hmm. i agree totally yeah. mm -hmm. with you about um Joy is our natural state of being. It's not only peace of mind and serenity, it's joy. We are made to express joy, to be joy, to sing, to dance, so much more than we are to, you know, do like the, the basic things of, of a normal job. We are, normal job is good, but what I mean is we're there to infuse joy and life into what we do daily, not to infuse drama in it. And I know that, you know, anybody listening to this podcast would know, would identify you as some, a healer. So I know that you give a lot of uh, online therapy as well. There are sessions that can be booked uh, through your website. So if you can tell people a little bit about that so that if they're looking for help, they can approach you. Mm -hmm. So I do, uh, obviously I do RTT. I do coaching of presence, which is a a manner of helping the person to connect with their inner wisdom. So I simply, we have a session, like an hour session, where I am um, amplifying my own inner wisdom so they can tap into their inner wisdom. And this is something that I do. I do also calls with the collective if someone wants to have a moment with the collective for their own self, like ask their own private uh, um, confidential questions, they can do that with the collective. And uh, here for someone who is in my area, I, I'm also a craniosacral therapist. So this is a type of body therapy that is very soothing. And that's what I do here in, in Quebec. Okay, I will share all of these mm -hmm. links. But if there was just one tip that you could give to people, mm -hmm. people who have these massive to-do lists, people who never stop, if you could recommend like one change that they can make in their life, in their daily life, that mm -hmm. would give them like a better, a better life. I would say um, come back to the inner life that you are. Um, do not put all of your energy to the outside realization of, you know, the life, the job, the house, the profession, the car, um, and put your energy, start with a little, but you know, obviously the more you do it, the more it pays off. But bring your awareness to the inner life 
enrich um, the flow of, of, of understanding of the inner life. Start by knowing that you have this inner life, that you're not the body, that you're not the mind, that you're so much more. And when you start cultivating this, nurturing that dimension of life, um, amazing things can happen. So trust that, you know, everybody has uh, the tool to reconnect with their own self. It's the breath, first and foremost. And when you start the breathing, then you can hear yourself and it will all unfold very naturally. That is very powerful. Uh, you've already suggested um, the biology of beliefs by Bruce Lipton as a possible resource to explore. Are there any other resources that you would recommend? Yes, well, you know, with what people are experiencing these days, um, my favorite books are the biology of beliefs. Um, there is um, a book that is called Dodging Energy Vampires, which, you know, it's a funny title but it's by Dr. Christian Northrup and it's about um, not letting your energy be drained by people in your life when you don't want to. So becoming aware of the energy leaks in your life. So this is a very useful book. I recommend it to a lot of my clients and apart from that what I would like to share is that I'm a big fan of Sadhguru and uh, probably you know him. So everything that he has written, all his books, um, Inner Engineering is amazing. It's a, an online class that a lot of people can, you know, anybody can access. The books are amazing. The wisdom is amazing. And then uh, like, you know, the classical uh, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. This is like, you know, an incontournable, I don't know how to say this in English, but it's something that you, you know, you have to read that book, The Power of Now, and Transform Your Life with, uh, by Louise Hay also. So these would be my classical, you know, go-to um, that I suggest my clients most of the time. So that was Annie Francoeur, and I'm so grateful to have had her on the show. I think we now have quite a lot of actionable information that can help us upgrade our reality. Your past need not control you. Your dysfunctional beliefs need not control you. You can take back the power and you can create an existence that makes you glad to be alive. And most importantly, I hope that if you're struggling, you'll reach out to Annie or anyone else with the tools to help you find relief. Suffering in silence is really not necessary. And as Annie said in the episode, we are here to live a gloriously happy life and serve a purpose. And if there's something holding you back, just ask for help. It doesn't make you weak. If anything, letting yourself be vulnerable takes humility and courage. So please, if you're in pain, ask for help. And if you want the list of resources, books mentioned in the episode, you can get it on my website, redefinenarrative.com. Search for the podcast episode and there should be a list of resources and links for you to explore. And if you want to get in touch with our guest, the page will have all their relevant information. Now, if you found today's episode useful, please rate and review the show on iTunes or share it on Instagram. It will help others find the information should they need it. Remember to tag me at Mehra underscore Krati so that I can thank you for your time. And if there is any particular issue or concern you want me to cover on the show, reach out to me on Insta or use the contact page on my blog. 
If you just need someone to talk to about the struggles you're facing in your life, DM me on any of my social media channels or use my blog. I'm happy to be a sounding board for you. And if need be, I can connect you to someone who can help you find healing. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week. Till then, take care of yourself.